Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Loud and Uninformed podcast. Today the guys have no guest, so it's an old-fashioned uninformed podcast. We're going to be talking NBA, the weekend games, little John Moran action, contender and pretenders, jump into some college basketball, join our bracket pool when that is released next week. We're talking about the pitch clock and other rules for other professional sports. Do around the horn, UFC 285, F1, Liverpool, and the NFL Combine. Hope you enjoy. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> so transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's certainly not with this group. Nope. And, and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well, George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money yeah. is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. <laughs> because the fans desperately want to know about how my game went. Dude, we started 0-2. And we looked terrible, and we've ripped off five since and win every game by 35-40. That, that's a good turnaround. A fantastic turnaround. Honestly, we always ran good offense. We always got good shots. Just probably shot like 25% from the field. And it's just – everyone was rusty. Everyone on the team's like 30, too. I'm the youngest by a lot. Um, but it's nice because we'll trot out lineups where everybody's 6'5 plus besides me. So that always that always helps. You don't feel any obligation to try and rebound? No, none whatsoever. Even though I do look like Josh Hart out there, and I'm probably putting up <laughs> seven boards a game. But um, which, by the way, that's a that's a little Knicks reference. And if we don't talk about Knicks basketball today, I'm going to hold my breath. Oh, it's on the docket. That's it's good. On the docket for sure. In um, fact, I saw that they were ranked fifth in the NBA power rankings, just one spot below Philly. Which is a joke. It is um, a lot of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> not that i trust billy much but like no. <laughs> but at least they have an mvp caliber player on the roster can't say the same um yeah no, that's good i i played golf with the heifetz brothers sunday hey. oh, really? both michael and danny and how to get i was like it was first round so like we didn't keep score we just i was just trying to find my swing sort of thing did Hits you find it Sometimes my drive was impeccable for the first like six holes. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Because usually that's what's like not there. In yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm the same way. It's either there for the front nine or the back nine. But I can never put like a consistent round of driving together. It's very frustrating. Short now, game. Jeep, Jeep, I couldn't help but notice that you're broke out a Derrick Henry jersey for, for this call. Did you see the news today? Yes, I've seen the news. And like I mentioned it, I think on the, a couple pods ago, I'm like, it's the smart move. I don't want to see it happen, but we're not going to be competing. We might as well get something for it. Like, let them compete. Let them go to a team. Do you think that the Titans can't compete? No, I don't think. I, I think we have so many holes um, that we're not going to be a Super Bowl contender. Card. What? I just you guys do on the report card that all the players did about. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know what the Titans did, but like how'd they do? The report card? I don't did even you know. See this? No. They had the, they had the players association fill out report card basically on like facilities and staff for the most part, but just like oh. a snapshot of. Oh, like I saw a couple guys. teams. I didn't know they did that with everybody. I'm sure the Titans training staff failed 
our stadium <laughs> failed. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, it was funny because the notable ones were like the commanders were dead last. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think the Ravens were like surprisingly better. Their training staff was an F or something. Ravens. Got, yeah, they're always banged up. Yeah. The Ravens got dragged through the mud because the players all hate the strength coach who got fired. Yeah. They hated the strength coach. And also they're like, kind of like what you said about the Titans, Jeep, at some points. It's like, if you have so many injuries year after year, you kind of have to look internal and be like, why are we always the injured team? Yeah. <laughs> We and play I on a grass field and we're always injured. Like, what's going on here? It's funny, so, too, though, because you don't really think of, like, an NFL organization as, like, a, a workplace. But at the end of the day, it kind of is. So I think they, as they I get older, I realize how much, how similar it is to, like, my office. Like, Yeah. And I mean, hey, hey, we all work in offices. Building a workplace culture is not not an easy thing to do and i'm sure you guys you guys agree with Kyrie saying that he can switch his job whenever he wants like everybody else in the workforce what do you mean switches does he mean like Kyrie Kyrie has I'm going us Kyrie see how it is on the other side i guarantee you'll yeah. be back in the league in a week and a half Kyrie has come out and said like i don't get why people get mad at me they switch jobs nobody gets mad at them i'm switching jobs no i hey you you guys know my take on that i love it <laughs> well Let's let's go into some NBA then. Um, let's do it. I think that's the the first topic on let's the place to start. Um, the NBA, the games themselves have been incredible. I think yes. the last weeks, um, especially the Sunday Saturday slate. Now the NFL's open over. I think the NBA just saved all these great matchups. And starting from, I feel like we haven't talked in forever because we actually recorded that thing with Colby on a Friday. So, yeah, it's been two weeks. So we have two weekends of sports and the whole first that Celtic Sixer Saturday night game was a great game for Celtics fans. Um, just to reiterate that they're way better than the Sixers and the Sixers can never beat them. Uh, but that was an awesome game. And then yeah, this past don't Saturday, have that problem. Yeah, this past Saturday, Buck Sixers was amazing. Um, with the Sixers actually pulled out. Did you so the last six matchups between the Bucks and Sixers, it's three and three. And the cumulative score is 679 bucks, 678 Sixers. Wow. That's like insane. I would love a series with the Bucks because I actually think we could beat the Bucks, but also like it's just amazing basketball every time they're playing each other. Because yeah. I think they match up just so well. Giannis and so I actually put down a future on the Bucks. So I am now a Bucks. Ah, they've, been so- the best <laughs> the, they've been the best team in the NBA. The Sixers were the first team to beat them in 17 tries. <laughs> I mean, you watched a series of two coaches that just refused to make adjustments. Right, right. <laughs> uh, well, it was hilarious. So in the Bucks game, Doc Rivers, who would rather play 40-year-old P.J. Tucker, who doesn't shoot the ball anymore, than any of his younger, more athletic guys. But P.J. Tucker and Tobias both didn't play in the Bucks game, so he was forced to play – Melton and McDaniels alongside Maxi Harden and Embiid and McDaniels had the critical put back jam that kept the Sixers in the game at the end it's like PJ Tucker is not doing that it's like a little bit of that athleticism and everything goes a long way um but that'd be good and then uh Mavs Suns was a great game Sunday I don't know fantastic and I hate Devin Booker I mean he is such yeah. a prick <laughs> um he I don't really like the Suns in general, and I'm not a straight up like KD hater, so it's not like it's come with KD, but like he didn't help. 
Yeah, they just have so many unlikable people and so many people with like half-baked games at this point. And but they think they're so cool and so to like the way they uh it's just I hate watching Phoenix it. at Phoenix is a city too. Yeah. It's kind of a a douchey city. Yeah, it's like a retirement city. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not it's I don't want to say it's a it's a cool city. I, I'd love to go to Phoenix, don't get me wrong, but it's definitely not it. It doesn't have the same charm as a lot of other cities because it's all like transplants. Like nobody, you don't ever meet anybody that's like, yeah, I just love Arizona. Arizona no, like born and raised. LA was too expensive. So yeah. <laughs> Big thing. I was talking to a friend because when I was in Scottsdale last February, I remember I asked some people in Scottsdale about NBA and they like, they hate the Lakers and Clippers. Like they hate them. And I was like, everybody else here, it's everything else. They're so vibing, so mellow over there. Like you wouldn't even think they have strong sports opinions and they hate them. And it's not because of like mad rivalries. It's because LA people keep outpricing Arizonians. (laughs) (laughs) It has nothing to do with basketball. They're moving into Scottsdale and just buying all the property (laughs) and pricing people out. That actually is really funny. This would this would probably be a good segue into a little contenders pretenders right now. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Um, I did want to maybe before we do that, I did want to say what what are your takes on the John Morant? Because I think that's the hottest topic in the NBA besides the games. Because I've said like the games have been great. Knucklehead. I love to see it though. Like usually in athletic programs when there's (laughs) gun violence or controversy like this it's you know it's there's some life in the locker room i think somebody made a good point i think it was jalen rose said something along the lines of everything that he said if you haven't seen the jalen rose talking about it that's a good one to watch but um he said something along the lines of it's good that something like this happened where it rises to the level where, where he gets punished and he has to take a good long look at what's going on and nobody got hurt and nobody got arrested. And I I totally agree with that. Like, I think that this rose to the level of now he has to look at this last like month and a half of knuckleheaded behavior and probably make a change. And the Grizzlies could use some vets. Everybody's they yeah, they clearly lacking lacking leadership. They traded Danny Green. Nobody would listen to him. Yeah. They traded Andre Iguodala a couple years ago. Yeah, he didn't even want to be. didn't want to play for them, so I won't say that was fully on them. But then they, like, disrespected him as he was, like, going out the door. Yeah. They have this, and this isn't just Josh. The whole team, like, they have this mantra that, like, they're owed. They're a team that legitimately thinks they're owed respect. Yeah. But they haven't done anything. Anything. And I think, too, it's you'll get these young teams that have a good season when they're young. And I think all of us go right into our like 2k, my GM thinking where it's like, great, they're going to be so much better next year. Cause they're all so young. This team's going to be competing really hard for, for a while. And then we forget about the human aspects of, of yeah. Brandon Clark might tear his Achilles and John Morant might beat up a minor. We don't think about that. So, I mean, it's tough to win a championship in the NBA and they are not any closer this year than they were last year. Probably have taken a big couple of steps back and it's going to be oh, tough to get back. It's interesting. Good. Oh, they started out hot, but on court there, they've been lacking for the last month and a half. Like it isn't just with jaws, couple of incidents. And <laughs> hey, and if anyone should know that regular season performance means nothing. It's you, Sean. <laughs> very true <laughs> um, especially for MVPs because Jokic keeps winning them in sixth place but um, 
But I read a great, it was a pretty good piece that kind of put it in perspective because it's always dangerous with these things where people want to pile on the guy that's risen to the top. Yeah. And like John became a, a star really quick. Went from an unrecruited guy out of high school to a top two pick in the NBA draft and like lived up to the hype immediately and like is really good. And he's had some bad character, I would say, issues. Like none of the stuff has been good. In fact, legally, it might be really bad in some instances, yeah. which could be, it's a whole other topic. But I read this good article that was about Carmelo. And apparently Carmelo had a very similar start to Joe. Like he was running into a lot of trouble off the court his first couple of years. Had guys living in his home that were just like his boys growing up from like Baltimore, which were just like not a good crew to be running with. Sure. And, looked, and this is the interesting part because it was a pivot in his career. It's like a couple years in. He got a DUI and David Stern called him to the office in Manhattan um, and was like sat him down and said, like, you need to wake up like this can be taken from you. This is yeah. like a corporation and we're giving you one hundred million dollars. But don't think that that's guaranteed. Like, yeah. can all be gone in a second. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good you are if you're doing shit like that. Right. And Mello was like, you know, he, he says it took years for him to really get the message. But at that moment, he did listen enough to like. Surround himself with his family, trusted advisors, yeah, friend players. Because the Nuggets, when he first joined, didn't have veterans either, just like the Grizzlies. So yeah, it was, and it was like J.R. Smith and Kenyon Martin. It was like the all-time right. neck tattoo lineup. Right. So I think Jaws kind of at that pivot point, and he's super young. Again, legally, this stuff might be worse than it looks right now, but hopefully it's not. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you said it. Carmelo got a DUI. Like, that's worse than, than I mean, arguably worse than this well, kind of stuff from a legal standpoint. Uh, just, beating up a 17-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> that one might be worse. Threatening with a gun. Those are both pretty bad. They're bad, but I don't know that something that happened like a year ago and there's just like, I don't think he'll get in legal trouble like that. Like you, you get a DUI, you're getting like a pretty substantial amount. Like this jail time comes with that usually. No, you're pretty out the next day. It's just expensive, which to a professional athlete, <laughs> not speaking from experience, but. It's like, not a good look though. Like, fair. No, I don't really know what the penalty is beating up a 17 year old. Um, and I would say like, we don't have to decide what is worse than the other. But it's just a clear pivot point. That's for our viewers to decide. Right. right. It's just like a clear Great pivot Instagram point. poll. And Adam Silver has been applauded for some things he's done. But I think people are getting a little fed up. Like, I say people. I mean, like, fans have started to come around to, like, the whole resting, all the players resting. It's a load management. Yeah. A huge issue that he seems to not care about fixing. And he's been very player pro, and the players love him. And David Stern... Wasn't really loved by the players, but he he created a great product that was the NBA. Yeah, he commanded great. respect. Right. So it's like maybe this is the first instance where Adam Silver steps in and like does the David Stern talk that he gave to Carmelo and was like, but do you think he player. has that in him? That's the thing. And if he doesn't, then they need to find someone that can because like for everything David Stern, <laughs> people didn't always love him. He ran a damn good NBA. Like, he ran a tight ship. I will say, I mean, I, it's interesting you brought that up because I hadn't really thought about that, the whole Adam Silver thing in correspondence with a lot of these. Like, the NBA is getting much looser as a league, and it's gotten a lot more kind of street y in the regular season. People have been resting a lot more. It'll be interesting. Maybe this is a pivot point where Adam Silver has to actually take the reins a little more. I think that'd be good. I think that would draw 
fans like myself back into it. Like I'll, yeah. I'll watch the playoffs for sure. Cause there's nothing else other than baseball going on. But like, I would like to see the regular season that I, I've I talked about it before more intensity, you know, I would see right now, Jeeb, I don't know if you're watching a whole lot of NBA these days. I'm it's not. funny how much the intensity has ramped up as like the standings have been so close and the playoffs are coming. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I get that. That happens in baseball too. It's like you, the, the sense of urgency goes up as you get closer. Yeah, you I see. think when you're staring down an 82 game schedule and you're three games in, you know, they care way more about staying healthy than they do about actually winning those games. But there's, there's been a, like Sean mentioned last couple of weekends of basketball, national TV, a lot on the line, playoff spots on the line. The level of play has gone up a lot. I can't, yeah. I can't speak for every team, but I do think they've just scheduled well for the weekend games. Whether they not, have, like, that is also true. The back and like the games matter standing wise. Cause like Heat Sixers on a Sunday, Heat came into Philly and beat the Sixers and like everybody played. It was great. They played it back to back the next day, Monday in Miami and like Embiid rested and the Sixers blew them out by 30. And yeah. like the Heat didn't show up the next day after they brought this intensity and everything. Like that is true. That is also true. So like it's, I think part of it's scheduling, but I don't know. I'm not calling for Jaw to be made example. I'm more so calling for Adam Silver to like sit Jaw down and be like, "You, you could be the face of the NBA." Like, yeah, I don't think it needs to come from a disciplinary place, but I do think that it needs to come from a like you're being an idiot place. Like, there's definitely a sense of of you're an NBA star, you're a role model. Like, doing that kind of stuff's just not cool. Like, I get it, but like, dude, I thought we were past this as a society. I think like another interesting thing about the jaw uh, situation is look at his dad. Like his dad seems like he's an idiot too. I mean, he's getting in fights with Shannon Sharp. Like he, it just well, seems like he's yeah. surrounded by people, including his parents or his dad, at least who, who yeah. don't have a level head. And like, there's, like you said, there's no vets on the team. Uh, I mean, there there are vets, but like not Stephen Adams, who's been Stephen well. Stephen Adams is a uh, he should be in theory would be a mediator, but like he can't control what Jaw does in Colorado uh, nightclubs. So. I think it's tough. I think it's tough if you have you know your best three players are all twenty two and younger. You know, it's just tough. They they're gonna run the the culture of the organization. Yeah, and you know, and guess what? They might go out in the first round. How bad yeah. they've been playing and. That might be enough of a wake up for them to. <laughs> yeah, no, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is, you know, probably the best, third best player on their team. He's very, very good. He, he's out for the season. Popped an Achilles. And I mean, Jaws out for two games, but they even said they're not really sure how long he'll be out. No, it's indefinite now. It's, indefinite. it's oh, has it changed to indefinite? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. And I don't trust them over any, like any of the teams in the West. I wouldn't trust them over the Lakers. With the hell? With LeBron, I really wouldn't. So you know, is there a chance LeBron get comes back? Yeah, I think he'll come back. He'll be back I, playoffs. It's just like where will they be seated? Yeah, <laughs> they are, will they even make it at all? Yeah. Um, I think they'll make it because I mean, as long as AD's playing, they should be able to squeak into a. It's just so tough down the stretch, and there's no margin for error. And there's been so many games that they should have won in the last few weeks, and they just haven't. It, it's. I think they'll make it too, but. I also Doesn't AD like play better without LeBron? Like he just hasn't played much. I mean, his issue has not been not playing at a high level when he's out there. It's just he just hasn't been the best ability is availability. And he I would say this, we talked about this last time when we brought up LeBron. Like and Jeep, you you kind of have the feeling that it's not fun to play with LeBron, which I don't disagree with 
Like, but he does is fun to play basketball with. It might not be fun to be LeBron's teammate all the time, but it is fun to play basketball with LeBron because LeBron is amazing. Facility. Yeah, he moves the ball. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it. I yeah. I mean, he is. I I can't argue uh, with that. Yeah. So I I personally hope that they that they make it because they are a contender if they make. So, yeah. it. So I was going to ask Lakers pretender contender. And yeah, I'm talking Lakers about are NBA, such a weird about NBA finals. Are they getting yes. out of their conference? Winning a championship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Lakers are the one team that's kind of down there and everybody says this and it always looks stupid too because they might just not even make the playoffs. But you can't ignore like greatest player of all time and like I mean what what's Anthony Davis? Second. When he's around third. top 10. <laughs> <laughs> Is Anthony Davis top 10 right now when he's playing? Arguably. I mean, that team's got more talent than than most other teams in the NBA when everyone's healthy. So if they can stay healthy, contend. I, mean, I, I think the Jazz are going to fall out. Yeah. Or the Pelicans. Jazz and Pelicans are both there. And they just need who, who is What is the Jazz's core made up of? Now? Lowry Markinen. <laughs> Played awesome. <laughs> Who's an no all-star? Who was an I think Jordan Clarkson's on the team, right? Oh, when did they get yeah. Colin Sexton? Oh, and then Colin Sexton and tra- yeah, I guess yeah. the Diamond Mitchell trade. Yeah, they've always just been riding off of the great start they had, though. Like yeah. they, they have not been the same team since the first like thirty games of the year where they rattled off twenty somewhere. <laughs> like, Rudy yeah, they'll, Gay they'll, is still they'll probably holy shit. Um. All right. So Jazz pretenders. Uh, let me jump up a little bit. Clippers is an interesting team. Similar to, similar to the Lakers. Clippers are going to be – I don't know if they'll get a non-play-in spot, but they're they're going to be a playoff team. They're three games ahead of the scrap at the 9-10 spot. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, again, you can't ignore Kawhi Leonard. Healthy, playing, one I of like, the best, has the pedigree. I like the Clippers better than the Lakers. I really? Think, I think the Westbrook thing is weird. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't. I hope that they have the brains to like not play him in the second half of playoff games. But, but we'll see. I just think Paul George and Kawhi. I just want to see it happen finally. <laughs> and you yeah. know they were, they were up on that. Uh, what was it? Nuggets or the Mavs? Were they up three one on in the bubble? Oh, that's right. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but legit, and that was Mavs. Then Luca Mavs. hit the step back. Yeah, that was, that was legit, but that was Doc Rivers too. So I mean, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, Tyloo's a great coach. Um, I don't know. For them, it's weird because they had the hype the whole time. I guess the Lakers kind of had two, but I think a lot of a lot of pundits at the beginning of the season had the Clippers picked as a title favorite, and yeah. they haven't been terribly hurt. I know Kawhi hasn't played like a ton, but he's played more than I can remember him playing for the last couple of years. So I don't know. I think I too think that they're contenders, but I don't know if I'd I don't know if I'd pick them over the Lakers. But both of those guys are fringe contenders in my eyes. Just looking at the roster, they've got a lot. Like they've got a lot of old guys that I was playing in, with. Two K. <laughs> a lot of old guys that are arrested. Yeah, <laughs> they're the most load managed team by far. And they have well, interesting that's, that's pieces. Zubach is good. Terrence Mann is good. Like they definitely have some pieces on there that are Batum, but yeah, Covington and Marcus they're a team, They're a team that honestly, home court doesn't matter because they're not the favorite in LA. So nah. they don't really have much of a home court advantage, even if they got a higher seed. So that's why I'm like not too afraid of them playing in the bottom yeah. half of the seeding. Um, okay, but Mavericks, Kyrie and Luca, pretenders. 
big time pretenders in my mind. It just, it just can't happen. I think they'll win games in any series they're in. Like they're never going to get swept just because those two have so much talent and can just get hot. Yeah. Win a game or two, but I wonder if Luca's gonna gonna have kind of like a Michael Jordan type pivot where he's putting up all of these points, playing like a super ISO heavy like uh, scoring type game, and then just realize at you know two or three years from now that that's not a way to win a championship and put his foot in the dirt and and become a different kind of player because he has the talent for it. He's not an all world defender like Michael Jordan, so I don't know if that's even gonna work, but. Maybe there's a version of this where he's where he's kind of has elevated playmaking chops in a way that MJ never did and and changes the way that he plays. Because obviously his usage rate is just way too high to win a championship right now. Yeah. Jeever, anything to add? Uh, you're, you're sleeping on JaVale McGee. I, I <laughs> we are. I, I, I just think Kyrie is going to have an issue at some point in the playoffs and then stop playing. So they won't even get to the point. <laughs> When is Ramdan? He's got to. Yeah, go. well, what's the problem? He threw out one Sig Howe during the, the national anthem and now they won't let him play? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Skipping the Timberwolves. Warriors. Oh, my God. The biggest contender. Uh, they're the favorites, I think. They got to be. I think it's just, it's shaping up nicely. They're inevitable. It's just shaping up so nicely for them. I know, but dude. They could be in an interesting four or five with the Suns. Pre- oh, I don't know, man. Katie is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> that's like it would be that's the missing piece. And that's for Steph to end his career with more rings than LeBron. Like, oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. He's just his game's going to age so nicely that so nicely he'll be able to. I mean, honestly, he could he could keep playing probably into like his forties and just spot up in the corner, depending on if he'll take the contract that yeah affordable at that role. Yeah, uh, but he seems like the type. Yeah, he might. I mean, the Warriors are an interesting team, and maybe this is for another day, but they seem to have two dynasties lined up, and then their young core kind of fell apart this year, and they traded off Wiseman and stuff. Yeah, like but Kaminga's still good. Back. Jordan Poole's a bit of a knucklehead, but he he's, he's good. a knucklehead. Word of the day. But he, <laughs> he he's 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 good. I think the Wiseman thing sucks, but. Yeah, and I mean, like. What happened to James Wiseman? Pieces, they traded is, the Pistons. Yeah. Five wow. seconds. I couldn't play defense, so he just had no, 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 no part of it. The truth was, Wiseman needs a situation where he can develop and go and screw Warriors, up. Warriors minutes. are not that situation, and so he was just getting yanked anytime he, like you said, screw up on the court, gets yanked immediately. He needs to go to the Pistons where he can play forty minutes and just yeah turn over like crazy yeah. It's uh, also weird because I think a lot of people kind of saw him as like a rim running like rim protector kind of kind of type and that's just not who he is at all he's closer to like Jaleel Okafer like Marvin Bagley so I wonder if he gets more freedom in Detroit and honestly I haven't watched the Detroit game with him since he's been traded so I I yeah the Warriors owner was saying like yeah I mean it's a move that we might regret but it's like classic catch 22 because like you said he needs to develop and he's not going to develop on a team that's trying to win a championship What's hilarious is they traded him for five seconds and then turned those five seconds into Gary Payton, the second who they let walk in the offseason. <laughs> so, so Although they, I love Gary Payton, the second. He's a hooper. Yeah. Um, all right. Suns could be that matchup. Do you yeah. Think I think that they are. 
I, 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 don't I all these teams can be contenders, man. Most of them are, though. It's a wide open NBA. I would not be surprised if any of these guys made it. But KD is too good to not have them be contenders. So, unfortunately, contenders. I think it's lo- they're loaded. Just the name no power on the team, like KD, Aiton, Booker, and aging Chris Paul. But still zero. Chris Paul. They're good, but I think they're going to get bit by the Chris Paul curse, and they're not going to be a contender. So they're a pretender in my mind. Really? Uh, yeah, I just think I say the ball. one big argument in that direction is that they can't really play defense and then got rid of their best defender. So, but we'll see if that ends up mattering. We'll see. I don't really think the West is that good at defense. So <laughs> they can, they can kind of coast through maybe. Uh, Sacramento, thanks for showing up. You had a great year. You're a good job, guys. Sadly, you're going to get like maybe next Mavericks, Clippers or Lakers in the first round. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks for your third place in the West. I think I mean, they're a little they're underrated still, though, just because they're the Kings. They're not contenders, but if they win a playoff series, that wouldn't be. Oh, it'd be awesome for them if they won the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grizzlies in second. Pretenders. I think pretenders, too. They've been playing bad basketball and just too many off-the-court issues. Too, too young, too. And then the only team in the West that's been able to separate themselves in a standing perspective, the Nuggets. I also think that they're pretenders. I don't know that they, and it's weird. Pedigree wins out in the NBA so often. And and it's tough because, you know, you don't get the pedigree until you get it. And then all of a sudden you're one of those teams. But the Nuggets have just not been able to make it over the hump. And they have, a, they can't really play defense. Their second and third guys haven't really popped the way that you would want them to with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Like, I don't know. I don't really see it happening this year. Yeah, I Jokic is a great regular season player and he's had good playoff performances and everybody knows I'm going to beat guys. So like, you're all going to curse my name. When what? I but I don't, he hasn't, he's not the like prototype you want in a playoff run. I totally agree. And that's, what's going to hurt them until like Jamal Murray can find his bubble form, which I don't yeah. think that's going to happen again. So <laughs> it's <laughs> like, tough when you're, when you're, Best player, Jokic. I mean, he's not a great defender. I mean, he's good positionally, but he's not the guy, and nobody else is either. He's an efficient scorer, but he's not a shot creator for himself. He's a shot creator for others, and he does a great job at that. But, like, in the playoffs, the games are always so tight. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I wouldn't necessarily phrase it like that, but if there's 10 seconds left in the game and you need a guy to go get a bucket, like, Jokic is a tough guy to have be your guy, which is a shame. Yeah, um, I would say they're pretender too. So it's hilarious because we picked like all the bottom teams in the West as contenders. contenders and all that. Teams all as pretenders. Um, but I think that's... the regular of- season is stupid. Yeah. All right, let's hop over to the East. <clears throat> East, I feel like, is a better picture in terms of who on the East you think can actually win a championship. Yeah. Um, so... Also, the Bulls just had a terrible season when I thought they would actually be like a top five team. But sucks because Lonzo just like never got better. Yeah, no, they're they're done. Um, I think the team I would start with is the Heat. They're in seven. They They, just just don't have the firepower. I mean, last year, right? They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They knocked out Philly in the second round. I. They've played well. And then they've played awful. And Duncan Robinson's eating up too much of their salary cap and doesn't play. So, like, <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, the biggest, the biggest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a little run. Jimmy Butler's a totally different player in the playoffs. So we don't even know how to project that. But if they won a championship this year, I would be thoroughly surprised in a way that I would not be with any of the people we've called contenders already. Lock it in as a pretender. What about what about the fact if they draw like Philly in the first round and then James Harden just goes to Miami strip clubs before games every night? I, hey, hey, I am not I would not be surprised if they beat the Sixers. I, that is that is when you said that I was like, yeah, I could definitely picture that. Gee, what about you? You buying into the heat culture? Yeah, you know what? I think the NBA needs more cultures like the heat. Uh and I would like to disagree with you too. So fantastic. I, you know Contender. what? Let's see, I think Udonis Haslam is going to have a vintage performance. Let's skip. Let's skip the team in Brooklyn because they've just been gutted, and they're just going to. Yeah. Even though Mikael Bridges is a, is a star in waiting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what about the other team in New York? This is probably the first time the Knicks have ever been called that. The other team, the New York Knickerbockers. Contender, smash the contender button. No, I think the Knicks are actually in like a pretty shitty spot because. Uh, they're such a fun team right now, and they're not a shitty spot, but there's nobody on their roster that I think can be the best player on a championship team. And I would argue that there's nobody on their roster right now that I think could be the second best player on a championship team. Like, that's why the Mavs got rid of Jalen Brunson. He looks good. He looks great for the Knicks right now. But, man, I I think this is a team that could win around, that could win around. I think they could be exciting. But then I'm like, man, what is the future? What's the plan here? Like, is it this team and we're retooling? We're waiting for a big free agent? Like, what? where where do you go from here? The team's so young, all the options in the world. I'm super excited. There's so much fun to watch. But, I mean, they just don't really have a chance or a clear path forward afterwards, which sucks. Just looking yeah. at the roster, it does look like a nice landing place, potentially. Yeah. And, like, young people you could move for a guy. So, like, I get it. I get it. And I hope that something like that happens. But it sucks to be rooting for all these people and go, like, yeah, like, I love Julius Randle right now. But I'm like, can I picture Julius Randle winning a championship? Like, no. not really. No. <laughs> no. And um, so what about they're probably who they match up with is the Cavs. I don't know if this is the Cavs year, but – They've they've gotten so lucky. They have, they have the stat that like they've won the most one point games this year or something like that, and that's not a good stat to have. That's like a dream two K team. <laughs> like they have everybody that you would want, and they're so young and they fit really well together. But unfortunately, the NBA is not a two K my league. So I I I think that they're a couple like if Evan Mobley blossoms into an MVP candidate kind of guy, then then yes, but he's not quite there yet. Donovan Mitchell's needs too many shots. Yeah. Obviously gets tight. And yeah. he's not efficient enough for me. But I think, right. hey, if we're having this conversation a year from now, different story. All right. Top three in the East. I think it'll be interesting to hear your guys' takes here. We'll start with number three. And I think these are the three seats, how they're going to outcome. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers. The yeah. Bucks have been so hot, and they're now a game and a half on top of the Celtics. I think they'll probably hold that out. I don't know strength of schedule each way. I know the Sixers strength of schedule is number one in the NBA the rest of the year, so I don't think they're jumping. <laughs> but start with the Sixers. What do you guys think? You're going to hate this, Sean, but my outlook for the Sixers is very similar to my outlook for the Nuggets. It's kind of one of those, if things, it's based on pedigree and they have two guys that like notoriously 
cannot get over the hump in the playoffs. So I think until they prove it, they are pretenders. Jeeber? I like Embiid. I don't I, – the Sixers are my favorite Philly sports team. I'll start out with that. Wow. Wow. Um, More of a union guy myself. Yeah, I was going to say, what about the Philadelphia Union? <laughs> well, yeah, other than them. Uh, I – I, I I kind of agree with Skyler. Um, I I think the Celtics and the Bucks are really good based off their record because I haven't watched. I've watched a Bucks game, but I have not watched any Celtics. So just looking at the numbers, it appears that the Celtics are three games. Jeeves all analytics. Jeeves <laughs> Jeeves our numbers guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Sixers. Do I feel better? I wouldn't say this is the team I have the most confidence in the last over the last five seasons when the Sixers have been top of the standings going into the playoffs. And I think that's because the one year I was the most confident was when we had the one seed and we got to play like the Hawks in the second round. And I was like, this is a cakewalk into the conference finals. And then Ben Simmons didn't shoot the ball and that the rest is history. Um, and there is the hump. And there's also Doc Rivers. Um, but maybe... Maybe. It's, <laughs> it's where, always good when your best argument relies on a maybe. <laughs> where they have the hardest path possible. They're going to either play the Celtics, who have owned them ever since the Tatum draft, or the Bucks, who they actually play really well against, but like are probably the best team in the East. Yeah. So it'd be a really hard path either way, and they're going to play one of those two in the second round. And they probably have to beat the Heat in the first. <laughs> it's right around there. Yeah. So it's a hard path. I will say, I'm not worried about James Harden anymore. The whole thing where he looked like he aged a thousand years last year, he looks good. Like yeah. he looks, he had a, he's had a couple vintage James Harden nights. The hamstring thing truly was a hamstring injury last year. Um, and he looks good and he got the power. He is the massive, massive, massive. Massive, massive X factor for whether or not the Sixers really have a chance at all. Because if he can be, because what, what was always our complaint about the Sixers every time that you and I have ever talked about it? It's that if you have a star who is a back to the basket kind of center, it's really, really difficult to have your best player taking shots down the stretch because you need to get the ball to him in a spot but where if he isn't that. He is. Stop it. Did you see the shot he took to beat the Bucks? Oh, stop it. We're talking about the playoffs. We're not talking about some random shot in an 82-game sample size. We're talking about what it matters <laughs> he most. He's a face-up guy, even in the block. No, 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 no. He is a, fa- a face-up, but he's facing up from, like, like – I'm going to send you a video. I'm going to send you a Twitter video I saw earlier today, and you tell me. Embiid, oh, Embiid is not getting the ball on one side of the court, wa- walking it up past half court, getting his shot with a minute left in the game in a tie game. Sure. He's not bringing every, every team that wins these things always has those kinds of players. So that's why when they first went out and got James Harden, I was like, this could give him a chance, but then James Harden has not looked like himself. He has been looking a lot more like himself. And if he can turn into the kind of guy who's, who's doing that at the end of games, I think that that'll make the difference for the Sixers. Do you know, Embiid and Harden were the first duo there's like six duos all time that have ever done it in a game. But they Did you both know what one of their names was. No, what was it? Was, it? it was like it was like Otto von Birdsfoot or something. Yeah, but they both had 30 points and 10 assists. Over. Yeah. And 
uh, the, it's laughable to say Embiid's game is back to the basket basketball. He, he he's not that at all. He's a three level scorer. <laughs> and his you call Embiid a three level scorer. Come on. Are you kidding me? Watch the games. His, I am watching the games. His mid range. His mid range might be his best shot. No, 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 I agree. I agree. Back to the basket. I, I apologize. Back to the basket was a bad way. He also is a face-up center for sure, but he is definitely not a three-level scorer. He can shoot the three a little bit, but that is definitely not his game. I feel like everybody can in the NBA. last three years. Wouldn't everybody you can shoot a three-point shooter. If if you were to take him and put him ten years ago and say what he's doing now, yeah, he'd be like a three-point threat in the game today. No. Oh, you're you're killing me with that. But but to get back to it, I get it's tough. I'm calling them contenders because I can never give up on my hometown team. Uh, but I'd like to play the Bucks in the second round, even yeah, though we're gonna I, play the Celtics at some point. Um, I'd like to play them. But yeah. anyway, let's let's talk about the Celtics, the team that's already fumbled the first seed in the East. Um, what do you guys think? <laughs> I think the Celtics are the same team last year, except they're another year older, another year wiser, and they got Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, I think that they have just as good a chance as anybody. I think the top three in my eyes for real contenders are the Warriors, Bucks, and and Celtics. So, contender. I wonder if the Celtics, like, their number one is obviously Tatum, and it just seems like he's streaky. Like, last year he was streaky. I don't know if that's gotten any better this year, but yeah, he'll go as far as he takes him for sure. I I just don't see him taking him all the way through the playoffs, but they're a very fun team to watch. And I like that they're homegrown. So other than the bucks, I will be, I like them. Contender. They're a contender. Uh, I'm not going to say they're not like, I could easily see them make the NBA finals, but it's the same story I've always had with the Celtics and they ran into it in the finals when their offense got real stagnant. Jason Tatum, I trust all day with the ball taking the shot, but he has off nights. He is not the most consistent superstar. And Jalen Brown, you know, was an all-star this year. Jalen Brown's a good player, but he's never been the guy that I'm like, okay with taking the shot. Yeah, he's not much of an on-ball creator for the most part. And that's where I think he's going to help. Now they might just run through the East and have leads and not have to worry about that. Um, but, you know... I think that's going to be their big issue down the stretch. And Malcolm Brogdon, like he's been a good six man for them, but he's not blowing it up. Like it's not. No, that. but I think I think that they lacked good point guard play in the finals last year, and so I think at least you have an option now of having a more traditional point guard who's a very good shooter and a very good defender. I think that does was their good. point guard. Wasn't it like Grant Marcus Martin? Who was Marcus Martin? And then Peyton Pritchard came oh, off yeah. the bench. They're terrible. Marcus Smart's not a real point guard, you know? Yeah. Like, so he's a wing. And yeah. Marcus, Smart, Marcus Smart is like an all world player against the Sixers and then against every other team. He like fumbles and gets technical. <laughs> so, like, Marcus Smart has always been, I get he's a great defensive player, but I feel like he burns it because he also wants to take the shot. Yes. He wants to take the game winning shot, which it's like Marcus. You well, got he was shooting pretty well last year. I don't know if he kept that up, but like he. Do you do you want Marcus Smart taking your shot when you have Jason Tatum on your team? Uh, I mean, it depends on which Tatum we're getting. Like I felt, <laughs> so I watched a lot of Celtic. I've lived with Chip for three years, and I've I've actually watched a lot of Celtics basketball um, over the years, and at first it was like pretty ugly to watch him shoot, and then last year. It seems like it was 
like I'm, I'm like all right i don't mind him taking that shot like yeah he's always he, he's he's not he's not an otherworldly offensive force and by the time you get to like the nba finals and you're gonna have to play the warriors and you're playing in steph and clay and you know it just gets to a point where if you're not one of the best in the world don't take don't 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 shoot it <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I agree with you, Sean. They have their flaws, but I, they're definitely contenders right now. Yeah. I mean, so then what about the Bucks? In my opinion, I think it's shaping up nicely for the Bucks to be the overall favorite. And I don't know if they are batting-wise. I haven't checked the odds, but... They're not. I they were 5-1. to one. They were like fifth when I got them oh, two weeks wow. ago. So. Yeah, I, I think they should be the overall favorite. Yeah. Besides, the Giannis is the best player in the league and will be for the foreseeable future. Yeah. He's already transcended like the MVP race in a way that like LeBron did back then where it was yeah. like, you know. The thing uh, take is, for granted at this Chris point. Middleton's only averaging 13 a game. What's going on? He's been hurt. He hasn't been available too much. He'll be much better when they get to the playoffs. He always is. Um so I'm not too worried about him. And his role is something that he's very fun- good at exceeding in. Giannis is that kind of player. Um, just like making the guys around him a lot better, taking a lot of the pressure off, being able to do the big things on defense so that his guys don't have to worry about it. Drew holidays like that too. Elite on ball stopper, the kind of guy you want tip of the spear for your defense. Like they're just so well constructed. They have a title already. They have the pedigree. I got to agree with Sean here. I mean, they're just, they're probably favorites. Same reason that the Warriors and obviously the Warriors have more NBA titles, but that's why I like the Bucks over the Celtics is that they've won. Yeah. And, and Giannis has never looked small in the moment. Yeah. He always rises to the moment. So and he has the kind of game where he's not relying on taking like step back threes over somebody like Jason Tatum is. Like he's going to yeah. go get his every time because literally no one can stop him. Yeah. All right. Let's Good do a quick you. pick. Let's do a quick pick for your finals. My finals? Um, I will go, even though I called uh, <laughs> the Nuggets a pretender. I'm going to go Nuggets Sixers so we get Jokic and Bede. Wow, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Jeeber, uh, you got one? The Bucks are going to beat the Grizzlies in seven. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks are going to beat the Grizzlies after John ja Morant gets arrested for bringing a shotgun into the locker room. John ja Morant will be on probation. um i think i'm gonna have the suns coming out of the west and losing to the the bucks in a rematch of the finals a couple years ago i think that would be a lot of fun yeah no i think that i think that'd be good and that's really realistic as well i do think the suns if they fall in that four seed are gonna have a tough Tough first round. I mean, the West is tough as hell. It's funny though. I mean, you hit on it. Like the teams at the top are not nearly as good as these teams that know that they're so good that they've just been gearing up for the playoffs the whole time. Can give a shit about the seeding. Right. Right. And that's that's the NBA playoffs. (laughs) Well, well, on that note, do you guys like the play in? Because I think it made it work. I think like it love the play in. Love it. Oh, it just like oh wow. All I have to do is be in the top two-thirds of the league and i'll have a postseason like i don't I think it's, i don't know it's it gives it was all an incentive to stop tanking as much 
Because if you can get into the play in and get playoff revenue and all that stuff like that, like it gave teams more of a reason that know they're not going to contend for a title to try and like put together some kind of playoff seed. Yeah. But I'm kind of with you, Jeep. I don't like the play in. It's just like a roll of the die. And like eight teams on each side is a lot. Yeah. Like that's a small yeah. playoffs already. It's more than year, half the league. Already. This year, the way it's shaping up, I would have not wanted to play in because it's such a dog fight for like the eighth yeah. spot in the West and stuff. But I think in in I forget what year it was, but there's one where like the Hornets, like right after they drafted Lamelo, and I think in a normal season they probably would have just kind of tanked again. But they were within striking distance of the play in, right. so they busted their ass to try to get there to get some, Lamelo some playoff experience. So I think you get to a point where fewer teams are going to, I mean, obviously fewer teams are going to tank because so many of them make the playoffs, but I think it makes more games valuable down the stretch and you don't want to be in the play-in, you know, like if you're a, if you're a seven seed, you're going to fight like hell to get to a six. So you don't have to be in the play-in. So I don't know. I like it. More basketball is never a bad thing, but I do. It does diminish the uh, actual making the playoffs because there's more teams. Yeah. That's where I kind of live. I don't know. Um, all right, good NBA talk. Great NBA talk. College basketball, we're in conference tournament time. Um, real close to March Madness. I think this like two to three week span of conference tournaments into the first two rounds of March Madness is like the best time if you enjoy basketball of the oh, year yeah. by far. Even if you're not big into college, I feel like you still watch this just because it's pure basketball madness. Yeah, even like today, there's a couple of kind of conference championships or stuff where it's starting to heat up. Where you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this team in a tournament. It's fun to yeah. watch." Uh, Chattanooga Furman. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember last year, Chattanooga won on a last second three for a buzzer beater. That's tonight, oh, right? That's tonight, and they're in the final again this year. So yeah, Chattanooga Furman. That's gonna be That'll exciting. Be a good one. Uh, Drake beat the shit out of Bradley in the. <laughs> I, I forget what it is, but Drake, Drake is going to be a team that I might, depending on how it all shakes out, they might be on my upset list uh, for some. What seed are they going to get? Like a 15? No, they'll no, be- they'll be like a 11 or 12, but no, they'll be like a 13. Let's calm down. No. They won't. So I love the, the first team that got in fairly Dickinson. They got in on a technicality. <laughs> How do you feel? Always about good to get in on a technicality. Mary Mack, the number one seed uh, in the Northeast Conference tournament. What, what's the? Is that the NESAC or the whatever? NEAC. That's the NEAC. NEAC. Mary Mack's in the midst of its four-year reclassification, so therefore, stupid rule. By the way, I don't understand. Sense. Why do you punish a team that's coming up from a lower division? <laughs> Like, it I, makes I no sense. sense. Like I would, I would want to know the scenario that birthed that rule. Because like, what were they trying to stop? It's the NCAA. It's it, it's the classic like NCAA. I think they just want to penalize player. people for moving around. Like they want there to be some sort of stability. But that's Why not like conference realignment. That's straight up division. Like we got no, more- no. Hey, listen, I, I totally agree with you. It sounds like something they did in like the fifties and then just never changed. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. Who knows? So just, maybe this year, maybe this will be the impetus to make them change it. I love this episode because we haven't done one without a guest in a while, and it's pure uninformed takes. Yeah, it's great. It's great because I mean, we're even like seeding other people who know more than we do. No, that's not what this was about. No, 
This was we, about knowing we nothing. Google, we could easily Google where it came from. We're not going to do that. We're we just refused to. A couple other highlights today. We have the Battle of the Dakotas, North Dakota State v. South Dakota State. That was the uh, the FCS National Championship, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think they like each other. No. No. Hate each they, other. They play. Always competing for the best students in the Dakotas. Yeah. Yeah. And Idaho. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeep, do you want to do you want to let the listeners know on a a great initiative that the Loud and Unafford podcast is going to be running. Oh, yeah. We are doing a bracket challenge. Um, it's going to be fun. We're going to do a buy-in. We're thinking $20. If you're listening, give us your feedback. Is it too much? Is it too little? Uh, let one of us know. And uh, the uh, the winner of the pool will get to spend one sensual evening with co-host Sean Foley. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he, he is at your disposal. Complete, complete with mud bath and baby oil massage. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. Candle wax and everything. I'm going to have to let Izzy know. <laughs> How is she better win? Yeah, no, nah, she she goes by mascots and colors, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Looks um, like you need to do a little research, Izzy. We did agree, along with a central evening with myself, um, we will let the winner come on and get their tell all the listeners why they're the best and why they are the smartest. And why have you are. ever wanted to broadcast your opinions to 25 whole people? <laughs> You're gonna have the chance to if you win the bracket challenge. Hey, hey, sometimes it's over a hundred. Hey, it's <laughs> actually more sometimes. than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> so, yeah. And we'll let you come on. You can talk about March Madness and what other sport topic you want to talk about. You can talk about anything you want. If if you wanna if you wanna use this as a forum to air your anti-Semitic ideas, do it here. Win the bracket. Uh, no, you cannot do that. I'm gonna put my foot down and say Skylar was making uh, funny, and it was, and we're not doing that. <laughs> Skylar's Skylar's now crying. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize free speech was dead. Yeah. It is on this podcast. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. So this is a mal poster poking over your shoulder. All right, don't 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 point that out. Um, but um, so we'll be putting out the promotion stuff soon. Uh, join, tell your friends, make it a big pool. Uh, it'll be fun. All right, any other teams to look out for before we we? Put a pin on college basketball. Next week, we assume we're going to do a big college basketball stuff in the bracket. Yeah, we'll get into that next week. College basketball thing I wanted to point out real quick, though, is that Brandon Miller won SEC Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Okay. I thought they were so, trying to avoid giving it to him. Nobody even dies, and Jaw is getting fucked up by the media, by everybody. And Brandon Miller caused somebody's death, whether it was inadvertent or not. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, and he wins SEC Player of the Year. So how is that fair? It's it's not fair, Jeeb. And I'm not going to argue either way. I do think there's always a portion of the media that just likes to go on a guy's downfall. And a college, yeah, yeah. And a college kid is more protected than a professional. Yeah, I do think I think with uh with 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 jaw, there's a big uh, a big like you're a role model thing going on. Um, and then the other one, yeah, we don't have to get into it. But I did think that when I saw it today, I was like, huh. Interesting. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I think it's pretty unfair, but <laughs> yeah. but that, that is what it is. Alabama collegiate sports, athletics. 
you know, let's go, baby. Roll tide. Roll tide. <laughs> Tap on college basketball there till next week. I know the fans have been waiting for this. Spring training is full on active MLB talk for the first time on the podcast debut. And we're going to talk about the big rule change that has occurred. Do you guys like the pitch and batter count that they put in to speed up the game? I am a fan. However, I think they should turn it off in the ninth inning. Yeah. That, that's a great caveat. I think that's because, like, I always thought about that. I was thinking about this, too, and, like, playoff games and everything. When you're locked in, like, playoff baseball is awesome. You're waiting on every swing. I don't really mind it so much when they're taking yeah. long. Like, and maybe- I think it's part of the fun, right? There's, like, a big duel. But I don't need to see a big duel at noon on a Tuesday. Sure. So in the I- second my, my thing is, who is going to watch baseball now that the game's going to be like 15 minutes shorter that didn't before? Like, does it make that big of a difference? I think it's, it's less about game. that and and more about like sometimes there's some at bats that drag along so long that you're sitting there like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, but those are fun. Those the, like when it gets into the the full count, the batter's fouling it off. Like that's a battle going on between the hitter and the pitcher, and now you have a pitch clock to work that both. I'm not talking are. about where they're like sitting there battling. I'm talking about where you take like four like you know when when you ask for like four breaks and then the whole thing. There's a great Family Guy bit where they're talking about it. He's like, oh, and he steps out of the batter box, and I guess I'm not going to be able to tuck my son in tonight. I get that. I I just like. I'm still going to watch regular season baseball either way. And I would rather the pitcher and the hitter not have to worry about that. Like at a certain point, it's ridiculous. And the ump used to say, all right, you got it. Like after it got to a certain there was point, so much leniency get in the- with it. what so much leniency with it. And like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think there should be leniency with like, the so what you said about the ninth inning, I think that was like like I don't think the inning should end on a strip yeah. called strike. Yeah, I saw I saw that one the other day. I was like, okay, that's lame. I I think that's also like in the NFL preseason where the officials call like the unsportsmanlike hitting more tightly and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I would hope that umps aren't going to end the game. <laughs> on a yeah, violation. Have you seen what Scherzer's been doing? No, he's been fucking with people. And yeah, he, he's like been he's figured out a way to use the pitch clock to his advantage, and people are getting upset. They're like, "This is already a pitching favorable like, league." Like jumps onto the mound immediately, or uh, like like I think there's certain ways that they reset the clock if certain things happen, and he like you can if the person uh, if the batter gets into their stance, I don't I think they can only ask for one. Right. Yeah, I think one, one time out. And so what so he, he would sit there and like really wait for them and wait for them and wait for them. And, and he's just you know, ready to go. As soon as they get in the box, he's pitching, yeah. which Basically, is just a just total Max Scherzer thing to do. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, but like more pitchers are going to do it. It's going to happen. And there was the at bat that took like 12 seconds the other day. It was incredible. It was yeah. Strikes down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will, you know what rule I do love though is outlawing the shift. That's a good one. Oh, that's a great rule. I that think is that's great rule. I do think the pitch clock thing might disappear when they look at their snack stand revenues after the year and they're like, if they're way down, it's because a, you can't get as many beers and hot dogs now at the game because the innings are going too fast. I saw I saw a tweet that was that was like, This is terrible news for the nine hot dog, nine beer yeah. crowd. 
It's Dollar Dog Night. You tried to drink nine beers and nine dogs in nine innings. Like that's. What I mean, I'm expecting at least a you know how how much quicker the game's gonna be like five percent quicker, ten percent quicker. I better see those savings on the ticket. <laughs> exactly. So interesting rule change in the MLB. I always applaud professional sports when they actually do make some rule changes to kind of tweak the game because even if I don't like them, like the play in, it shows that they're trying to make a better product. Yeah. And these. I disagree. <laughs> if it for isn't broke, years. don't fix it. Like what? It what is what, what's happening in college football right now? Like why are people fucking with it? It was perfectly fine. Yeah, you just alone. you just completely knocked off my great intro into I'm giving off a bunch of rule changes. All right, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all good. It's all fun for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> listeners don't know. I don't know if you guys can pick up on this, but n- none of this is scripted. Yeah, it's all improv, baby. Um, but after that, Jeeb hates rule changes, so he might say no to all these proposals I'm going to bring up. I saw the pitch clock. It's a huge change. What would you guys think? I'm going to list off some. Oh, Give you're me- making these up. Oh, uh, yeah, I I've definitely stole some from people I've said this should happen. Oh, okay, I misunderstood the segment. This is much better. I'm excited. So, um, NBA's kind of messed around with this a little bit. Adam Silver actually came out and said this after Kawhi had to play 48 minutes in a double overtime game. Mm. But they should do a set point overtime. What do you think about that? But so then no more double overtime? No more double overtime. It's just like the All-Star game where they have a set point in the fourth quarter, but this time it's just for overtime. Stupid. I don't like it. Yeah. No I more think- marathon games? What would happen? What would happen if UConn and Syracuse were squaring off on a nice night in the early 2000s? Yeah, I mean, it's just like – that's a great deep reference, by the way. Um, but it's just – I think we're so close to having a guy score 90 in a game. Like, we're getting so close. And if this set point thing goes in, it's not going to happen. Oh, you I want think- a little conspiracy? Wilt never scored 100. It's a lie that they feed you. Didn't he Didn't he do it against the Knickerbockers? Isn't that why you're upset or something? I know he did it in Hershey, Pennsylvania for some odd reason. Yeah, I don't. They just found a gym that had a hoop. Yeah, is that was that a thing they were doing then? It was just wherever it would let them play. Yeah. All right. So you guys didn't really love the set point overtime, and I, I don't blame you either. How, what was your thought? Are you pro, or no. are you impartial on all of these? I, I I should be impartial, but I also just say no. I don't like the set point overtime because I want to see. I didn't think Wilt's record could ever be touched, but now you're having guys, multiple guys, score seventy in a season. It's in, in a in a in a just a regular game. Right. Like it's. And Wilt did it in regular in like four quarters, so it will never really be touched. But I'm saying like I'd love to see a guy actually do it, even if it yeah. was four couple times. Um, what do you guys think about the Globe Trotters four point shot? They put a four point shot in the NBA. No. No, Jeep's Jeep shaking his head. Yeah, Jeep no. head. <laughs> I'm curious. What do you think somebody could shoot from the from the four from the four from the four point shot? Be- I think do it. I think it would but like percentage be- wise. Like, I mean, it's like oh. 50 is good from inside the arc. 40 is good. Great from outside the arc. 20 percent from there. I wonder math wise, like the three is such a hack already. I wonder if the four, I just think the four would be so interesting. Cause like, I don't think players would use it at least not right away. It'd be like how the three point line came into the NBA and it took yeah. literally 40 years for players to start using it efficiently. Yeah. I think it would for now. It would only be like end of the game scenario. We need four points. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so, now that now that you're talking about, it, would it be the same as the Globetrotters and be just like the little it's circle, circle in the corner? It's a circle. Interesting. <laughs> or you could make it like 
you could put a straight line across the court. I was wondering that because, like, in theory, you could put two defenders, like, standing inside yeah. a circle or something, right? Hey, the Washington Generals do it, put two defenders on the Globetrotters every time, and they still make it. <laughs> I can't say I've watched much Generals basketball. <laughs> um, all right. What about football? Uh, the XFL actually adopted this rule, the fourth and 15 instead of the onside kick. Love it, but it's all anti-kicker propaganda. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get rid of them from our beautiful game. So we talked you- about this on another podcast, I think. But like, I I like the the threat of having an onside kick. Like, you just got to be aware. Oh yeah, we did talk about at that, all yeah. times. I don't love the like. I, it's kind of cool. I don't hate it, but I'd rather keep the onside kick. It's definitely more fun to watch. But I agree with Jeeve. It would kind of uh, pervert the game. It also the injury part because like there's so many injuries. I mean, think about a kickoff. Like you're just running full speed towards each other. Well, they also f- took their stab at fixing that one. Well, I, that didn't work. I um, think you have to a caveat where you could still do a normal onside kick, and obviously no team would do that. They would do the fourth and fifteen. So, but it would allow for the surprise on side kick, like coming out of halftime, to still exist. But they don't uh, – oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say with the XFL kickoff rules, I don't even think you could do it on But I, I don't want that kickoff. I, I didn't even put that on the list. All right. <laughs> Hockey. Instead of you – go, you know how you have to pull your goalie and you get a man up? For 30 seconds, the last 30 seconds at the end of the game, if you're down, you just get another guy on the ice. You don't have to pull your goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Like John, that? I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you one. What if if you pull your goalie, they'll give you two more gas? Yeah, just something like that to really offset it. Because you always like I don't watch too much hockey, but it's always like you pull your goalie and it's just like, all right, they're just gonna get an open net goal. I I read in a book somewhere that I think statistically, like based on the analytics, if you're down by one, you should pull your goalie like eight with eight minutes left. Eight minutes. Yeah, and it's like it's totally counterintuitive, but they're like that's what the numbers say. Which is weird. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but you I always thought that's fascinating. A, you become a hockey coach and bring this great innovation, and it's going to be like Steph Curry in the NBA three-point line. Yeah, guy who's <laughs> never played hockey comes into like, guys, guys, I- I'm going to start the game without a goalie. You should never play with a goalie. Yeah, you're going to be the money ball guy for hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ruin the game. Yeah, no, uh, I-, I like I like the concept of that. I feel like hockey's so uh, crazy anyways, though. Like, people score on those all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm anti. Another NFL one, and I really like this one. <laughs> I think the NFL should get rid of the spot PI and make it like college and do mm. yards from the line of scrimmage. Because yeah. Joe Flacco made a career on throwing PIs. <laughs> I, I, so I agree. No, please go. Uh, like some of the the like the underthrow pi is total bullshit it's so yeah. frustrating when it happens against you uh and it sucks to watch but i feel like there would be a Do you, you think gotta, the would take a when a player's beat when a guy's beat and he just all he has to do is tackle him and it's oh it's only 15 yards instead of a 60 yard touchdown like maybe they maybe they install like a flagrant maybe but we yeah. we talked about we've talked about how they've made it really hard to play defense in the NFL, and this yeah. is a pro defense rule. No, I now that you're mentioning it, it's not like like I mean, 
if you're getting burned for like 80 yards and and you have to like tackle him, it's not like you're not getting a free first down. Like he's still 15 yards. I like that one, Sean. Add it. <laughs> um, all right, another football one. And I think probably for the NFL, not for college. Should the players be allowed to kiss? I'm they sorry. Already- going. They should make the field goal a box and not uprights. So you have to make it within the box. I love it. No. <laughs> That's actually kind of interesting because that, w- that would only really affect extra points. Could you and imagine like Justin Tucker goal. lining up for a 67-yarder oh, and just getting all of it and it hits the top? Well, that would never happen. He would never hit the top on the box. That's what I, it's still like the same height as the field goal post. Like right now, you just put That's it. Saying, people kick it so that like it's over that. So you but definitely hit it every yards. once in a while. 67 yards, that's never happening. No, not 67. But you could hit it like a like a like a 58 yard all of it. Could you imagine the doinks off of the top bar? Off the top. That would be incredible. So you and say picking has gotten picking has gotten two posts and literally just a bar across the top. Yeah. I, I think like I think kicking has gotten too efficient. And Sean, here's another one. Ready? So you have the box. And then you have another smaller box that's inside. This is too much. <laughs> um, and the defense is allowed to put one guy on stilts. You're allowed to have you're allowed to have one player dress up in a silly costume to try to distract the kicker. <laughs> um I actually that's my favorite one of all the ones that I came up with. That's a good one. And all right, give a, us one more. Give us one more. Only original. Um well, college is actually talking about doing this. But college football, the clock does not stop on first downs. Uh, they're like they're the doing clock. that. That's a done deal outside of two minutes. And I I don't know. I like I don't like change, but I don't <laughs> think it'll affect things too much. Hopefully, I, I don't know. And those were Sean's rules changes. I like let's that segment. The, let's set if any of the leagues take them. We'll have to to see. And if they take any of them, they owe us a good chunk of money. Absolutely. All right. To finish up the pod today, I think we'll do a little around the horn action. Um, We didn't have Minge and Woolman on last week to preview UFC 285, but we will have. Sorry, guys. Um, It was poor planning, poor planning, but we definitely should have because it was a great card highlighted by the return of the very – I don't know. Contra- he's not controversial in that he is the goat, but he's a controversial person in John Jones, and he just absolutely dominated. I was surprised. I wasn't. I was. I like. There's no way John Jones takes that fight unless he knows he can beat him, like that, because that would have just ruined his legacy. Um. Yeah, but I mean, how do you know, right? he's john jones and like they showed so they have these these vlog series on youtube it's like ufc embedded and john jones like all he does is watch tape like he's a student of the game he's like tom brady like he's just he's focusing in and gone is more of like a a physical specimen and that's how he kind of operates so well i mean the weigh-ins that i know john jones was going up to heavyweight he just looked like fat and soft <laughs> yeah i so that i i i put a lot of money on john jones and i saw him in the weigh-ins and i'm like you know that's not the like he looked like a dad he like his neck was fat i mean his neck looked like mine like 
That's why I was concerned. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and it, his stomach too. He looks soft. I, I think so many times you, you see these guys in combat sports who are incredibly dominant in their weight class and then they go up one and it's just not the case at all. We saw it with Izzy, Adesanya. We saw it, not Sean's girlfriend. We saw it with uh, Canelo when he went up to fight Dimitri Bivol. Like, it's weird to just watch these guys who look so dominant at one weight class put on 20 pounds and all of a sudden they're not the same guy. Clearly wasn't the case. I do wonder, you know, how much like he, he, he got, he got him in a bad spot and then he submitted him. Right. So, I mean, there's definitely a chance where he doesn't get him on the ground or whatever. And the fight goes a little differently. Maybe it plays out a little differently, but man, for it to end that quickly and that substantially, that's pretty impressive. Very did you nice. know that he's the brother of Chandler Jones? I did know that. Pro player and Arthur Jones? His whole family is just athletic. <laughs> yeah, probably should have oh, yeah. gone and played D-end, huh? How much money do you make as, a, as a, the greatest UFC fighter of all time? I, I think he's not not hurting for cash. More, more than a D-end? He doesn't, he doesn't make McGregor money, though, per fight. So like, no, McGregor, I've heard, and I don't know how, how true this is, but I've heard some astonishing figures from the McGregor fights. Like, well, yeah, no, he makes the most by far. Yeah, because uh, he's just a figure at this point. People, tune I, in. I've heard it's eighty million for one fight. Yeah. For right. Jake Paul, I think made like a hundred for a no, fight. He made like thirty. I don't think he made a hundred. He, it's a, he breaks the like everybody buys his pay per view sort of thing. The McGregor pay per view, everybody knows. Unless you stream it. Unless you stream it. John Jones probably got a pretty good draw. Obviously. But I still think, like, I consider myself a UFC casual. I'll watch a McGregor card for sure. This one I tuned in just to see the main. Like, I didn't, I didn't buy that sort of thing and watch the, the undercard. Whole. Wasn't that great? Other than Bo Nickel, I was like, gonna say Bo Nickel is. Uh, and that was cool, like Penn State wrestler and all that stuff. But like, God, I want to watch him in comms I mean, on, Jones, like, around I, on the ground. For- yeah, John Jones is like everybody says he's the greatest UFC fighter and all that stuff. But like, I'm such a casual that I'm like, yeah, he's a good fighter. But like all these guys look like good fighters. To me. So yeah. like, it's not a draw to watch. And I get, I get some people might be like, but you like would get upset if I don't tune into LeBron James in game seven of the finals, who's the greatest basketball. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm no, just, I totally I'm, agree with you. There's something about combat sports with just pure unadulterated star power that has way more to do with who you are and way less to do with your quality of fighting. And that's just, I mean, it's the unfortunate reality of the sport. I'm like, he's a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bad guy. Misunderstood. I w- <laughs> oh, jeez. What has he done? Okay, he got a DUI. That's not good. He might have beat his wife. <laughs> Probably Jesus. not. I, I don't, we don't know if he beat his wife or not. They're still together. So, like, he couldn't, I, all right. I'm digging myself a hole here. I had to cut a lot. <laughs> not what I meant, but he's done some other good things. Like he chased this woman got robbed in New York City, and he chased the yeah. robber down like a mile and just beat the shit out of him. I uh, look to who's the really works at the Ringer now, but he also has his UFC show. How am I forgetting his name? Um, Ariel. Ariel. Oh, Does he work at the Ringer? I think he has a joint with the ringer, unless I'm thinking of somebody else. No, he might. He might no, be right. definitely think he has been for a while. Um, I wouldn't but, be surprised if he did a little something. Yeah, no, he he like goes on and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna leap out what podcast that was because we don't give free advertisements on this. No, 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 we do um, not. But 
he went on there and he was talking about him and like John Jones apparently the UFC like he's came out hot everybody loved him and he had everything set up for him he even had won that fight where in the morning he beat up the mugger that Jeep just referenced and all that stuff like he fought later that day and won like <laughs> it was all this stuff but he even then he started to get in trouble and then he had an interview a couple years after that and they were like so it was with Ariel and they're like he asked him do you think you can stay out of trouble? And John Jones literally answered. He was like, I don't know, man. But he just, <laughs> he knows who he is. He knows who he is. And that's one thing to say, but it's also like. But he's got to be good. He has a Bible verse tattooed on his chest. Right. He's up front about his, his demons. He and is. Like, a lot. And that's better than, than, that's better than denying it. A um, lot of it is him doing stupid shit. Like he's not, other than the, the domestic violence thing it's like him just self-sabotaging it's it's right. not like he's and hurting sorry, other people but i don't necessarily root for that guy in a fight <laughs> i do i want it and i i want him to beat up that french motherfucker a lot <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see him <laughs> all right all right hey this is this oh. is an anti-france podcast so yeah. that's that's fair right, that's fine that's fine yeah, we'll always take the u.s oh. Something that I'm probably the only one on this pod that cares about, so we'll make it real short. F1 season opener happened. Uh, as expected, Max Verstappen won the first race. Um, I binged all of Drive to Survive in a day when it came out, the new season. I love that show so much. Um, so Red Bull looks like they're going to be on top. But Fernando Alonso, who's like, he should have retired years ago. He's a really old driver who used to drive for Ferrari, and then he's been like bouncing around at the lower teams joined a team that did terrible last year, like barely got any points and only the top 10 in races get points. And there's 20 drivers and it's pretty consistent who gets them. He joined Aston Martin, who was low and he had like qualified fifth in pre-time, which is crazy because there's three groups that get the top six, always Ferrari, Red Bull and Ed's ladies. And he hopped up in there and then he ended up getting a podium and got third. So either Aston Martin is cheating or he's having some kind of career renaissance right now, and it's kind of cool to see. Um, well, quick aside about driving the game in motorsports is cheating without getting caught. Like I know in NASCAR, it's yeah, like, totally. It's not a shameful. It's not like taking PEDs. It's like because well, it's so uh, different, right? It's caught. not about your like physical abilities. So much of it is like you know how good is the car. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys about Drive to Survive and like all of this other stuff that's coming out, like the all yeah. one that just came out. I think, I mean, it's obviously so good for the sports, but like, I just, there's so much of that content now that I just can't watch them anymore. But it seems like you got that, Sean, at least I know you enjoy those. Drive to Survive was the first one that I started watching. Not even like Hard Knocks or Last Chance You or anything like that. I forget if Last Chance You or Drive to Survive came out first. Definitely. Definitely. It was Last Chance You. Then it was Last Chance You that I watched first. But Drive to Survive is just so good. And I think I like it even more than Full Swing. I've watched some of the Full Swings. But I remember what happened in the tournaments, and like I know the sport enough. Yeah, like, this might as well be a movie. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't. I don't need the dumb explanations. Yeah, that they give and like they're like to shoot par means you have to hit <laughs> like all this yeah. stuff. Drive to survive. I watched all four seasons. I still don't know what they're talking about when it comes to technical terms. So when they dumb it down for me, it's really enjoyable, and I think that's what I like most about it. That's um, good. And they're like talking about oversteering versus understeering, and I couldn't explain to you what those are, but I'm like, oh, there's too much understeer on that carriage. No, so. they're understeering. <laughs> <laughs> no, it so is like all the, the engineering that goes yeah. into 
the cars is crazy. Um, and they have a new rule now, which maybe this is why Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso are doing better. F1 put a cap on how much teams can spend. So they all have the same cap, which is oh, welcome to the salary cap, F1. American ideal that soccer doesn't have. Yeah. Some good F1, old meritocracy. F1 is a European driver dominated sport and like owner sport. So it was an interesting thing to add. And we'll see if it makes it more competitive. That but is I'm, going to Aston be Martin extremely entertaining for track. accountants. Like there is well, going to be dirty play. <laughs> Ready for this, Chief? Last year was the first year with it. And if you watch Drivers 5, they go into it because Red Bull's car was by far the best, like dominated the whole year. And the Mercedes-Benz guy hates the leader of the Red Bull team. Like, yeah, they they just visibly don't even hide it from the cameras. They hate each other. And so the Mercedes guy and the Ferrari guy were like colluding to try and get Red Bull caught. They're like, they have to be using more. They have to be using more. And it turned out Red Bull did go over the limit. But it was like <laughs> it was like 400K that they spent on catering for like their... Oh my god! That's and all that stuff. So it had nothing to do with the car, and they got like a slap on the wrist fine from the FA. But Mercedes and all of them were like, "It matters if they got good meals. Our guys aren't getting good meals because we didn't go over the cap. <laughs> we we were eating we were eating gas station turkey sandwiches this whole season, right? So like, it's funny I would love it. to be a forensic accountant who gets hired by one of these rich guys to just all right go find something with Red Bull or. That would be so much fun. Um, but yeah, so F1, do you want to touch Liverpool slaughtered Man United 7 nothing, which just doesn't happen in the Premier League. So that was pretty notable insanity. I don't, I don't know what the American sport is because American sports have much more parity than European soccer. But like yeah. these are giant clubs and Liverpool's been bad this year. And just so Man U beat Barcelona. This all happened in the last two weeks. Real Madrid beat Liverpool. Barcelona beat Real Madrid. Liverpool beat Man United. So it was just a carousel of suck. <laughs> yeah, this the soccer's so interesting because you'll get a game like this. Man, you actually played real well through the first half, and then it's just kind of like the wheels falling off. And then it's like, okay, we're down like three nothing. We're just gonna stop trying. And then all of a sudden the score line can look a lot less flattering than uh the but the, goal the, differential is pretty important, isn't it? Like it is, it but, is it, but I think it's tough to stay motivated after you kind of start to get the beat down and you know you're not going to win, you know? And then on the other side, they're like, oh, goal differential, goal differential. And on the other side, they're like, we just want this thing to end. Like, let's just get off the field. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you'll get those in soccer every once in a while. Is Man U the team that spent all the money? Or no, that's Man City. Chelsea, Man City. I mean, Man U also, before this season, I think Man U had spent the most funds the last five years in Europe. Okay. But Man U was like really good a little while ago, and then they'd been pretty crappy as Sir of... Alex. Sir Alex for the manager. Yeah, we're yeah, now. Um, that's so funny to me in like England. They give their athletes knighthoods if you're like really good. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> instead, right. instead of the Hall of Fame, it's like because Lewis Hamilton, the F1 driver, he's a sir. Yeah. <laughs> he's been knighted. That's hilarious. Um, it's funny. And like, yeah, the you're when they won the World Cup, they knighted the captain. Um, it's just funny Um, all right we'll wrap it up here NFL combine talk I thought so I don't get why everybody loves Anthony Richardson did did they not watch any Florida games this year you don't get it after the combine is that this now's your time to bring it up I still don't get it like everybody was raving about him I get he's a great athlete but like watch his tape he's 21 I know, but he also I think it's ridiculous. Like yeah. Billy Napier is no quarterback guru. Yeah. 
We don't I, like – and Dan Mullen – Would you take Anthony Richardson above Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud? No, I would not. I agree with you. Okay, so then you have your head screwed on, all right. <laughs> I I would – if I was – depending on my situation, I think I would take Anthony Richardson. Uh, but it's all very situation-based. And we don't know who's going to pick one, so I guess we'll I see. I am praying – If you're in a position – Of the Colts trading up, and I am praying that say just – does well, a bunch so, of crack one night and says, you know what? I'm gonna make some calls. I'm gonna get this done. I think if you I think if you have a Mahomes like plan for an Anthony Richardson type, like obviously he's not gonna be good when he steps in this year. And and it's not gonna get good any quicker. But if you if you can map out a two-year development plan, start somebody else that you actually trust as yeah. a as a holdover and and coach him up, he's 21 years old. Tested as the most athletic quarterback in combine history. I mean, I'd take him. Uh, Instead of taking a guy that's my height. I hear you. He can do a flip, standing flip. That was pretty cool that he did oh, that. Did you Bryce see, Young or Anthony Richardson? Did you, his, did you see his attempts at the out route throw? Who, Anthony Richardson? Yeah. yeah. I did. He was they overthrowing pretty poorly. And then he overthrew him once. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I think a I lot of it's mechanics. I think a lot of it's Sorry, if I you're looking it. for a guy who I mean here, let's talk about this. Who has the highest ceiling of all of the quarterbacks? Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so okay, so you guys have, oh, can't fathom why anyone would take him first and you know he has the highest ceiling. That's what we Will go Levis. that's what we go for. Will Levis has Will the Levis. highest no, Will, Will, Will Levis doesn't anymore. Yeah, no, Will Levis is the opposite. Will Levis is, like, the guy who has, like, baseline traits, but he's not, like, otherworldly, like Anthony Richardson literally testing as the most athletic quarterback in combine history. Broke two records. I just love the narrative. Also, by the way, when has a vertical jump ever helped a quarterback? Um, Explosion? Or or a broad jump. Um, Explosion. Twitchy. I also love the, the whole media where like Bryce Young was probably the projected number one pick going into the mock and everything like that, going into the combine, sorry. And he wears the two-inch foam shoes so he looks a little taller sort of thing. And the media just runs with that. You hear nothing about what Bryce Young did on the like actual turf in terms of passing. Nobody cared. The, the whole they thing cared. was looking away. Then it's like, did you see his broad jump? Well, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. If you're drafting Bryce Young, you're drafting him based on the tape, and you're drafting him based on what he did at Alabama. If you're drafting Anthony Richardson, you're going Billy Napier didn't know what he was doing. This guy had one year as a starter. He's still 21. What, like, how freaky is he? And the answer is incredibly freaky. You know who I really liked is C.J. Stroud. I too I, think C.J. Stroud could be the best quarterback in this class. All three of those guys, I really he, would feel comfortable. My taking. problem with him is that I don't, like, in the modern NFL, do you want your young star to be someone who probably isn't going to be that frequent of a runner, doesn't move around the pocket all that well? I mean, I feel like 10 years ago, he would be the top prospect. By yeah, I would agree with that. But I do th- also think that there are quarterbacks who in – college didn't show off their running as much who in the nfl have proven that they can so and he proved against georgia that he can move around a little bit if he needs to yeah Uh, we'll see i mean you're not running the read option with him but i also think that if you're going to play cover two and just everybody's backs to him like he can pick up 10 you know it's not like he's it's not like he's brady i'm not gonna 
I'm not saying I think Anthony Richardson's going to be bad, but like I love Jalen Hurts and he has probably a lot of stuff similar to Jalen Hurts and his abilities, but Jalen Hurts also took a huge leap once he got to the pros. So Anthony yeah. Richardson's got to do the same. And... Yeah, I, I think Jalen Hurts is funny to talk about because I do think that we have a, there's a, there's a tendency at this time of year to go like, no, you are an idiot if you think that this guy is better than this guy or whatever. And then you look at it like two years afterwards and you're like, oh, yeah, like people just well, develop totally differently. Like we have no idea what's going to happen. Guarantee out of the top four quarterbacks of Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. Three of those four will not live up to being that great quarterbacks. Almost certainly. It just happens like every year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's so hard to think of that at this point, but look at it's five years down the line and that's going to be partially true already. <laughs> I mean, we'll even look at a draft like uh, where Jared Goff and Carson Wentz went one, two, and then you could look at that one year out, three years out, five years out, seven years out of just like who they were. And you have totally different opinions. Sam oh, Darnold, yeah. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, like yeah, these, like went top. Josh Rosen. That was a terrible quarterback draft. <laughs> right, like, but at the time, it was like all hyped up and stuff like that. And like, oh yeah, and, and people he, sat there like beating each other up over like, no, this guy is the guy, and the other guys suck because one of them has to be the number one pick, and the rest of them stink. And it's like that's not the reality of. But we'll do I a whole draft the, uh... thing. We'll do our whole draft thing. We will. We definitely I knew the Josh Rosen thing wasn't going to work out when the whole article. Oh, really, Gene? Why is that? Huh? What? They should pay oh. you the millions. Oh, well, oh. no, no. I, I, I'm just like the, uh, the, the hot tub in the dorm thing. I don't know if you guys remember that. That he Brock had a hot tub in his dorm. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like, like for a quarterback <laughs> to do it, it's a flaw. That's a flaw. Yeah. Red flag. Hot tub in the room. Red flag. Gee, they should bring you on just as a character, a character evaluator. I oh, you should you now. Get him off the board. I love judging people. <laughs> um, we have a problem. I think I left my charger in my grand. Oh no, I think we're done. I think we're done, G. There's no problem. Yeah, no, but I need to end the Zoom because it downloads the recording before All my right. laptop dies. All right. Well, guys, it was a fun episode. We got to do this now because Jeep's battery's about to die and we need these tapes. It's not the Zoom link this time. Move it up, Thor. Have fun, guys. Uh, Have a good week, everybody. Yep.